0: Happy Holidays from your Hoopball Lakers family and welcome to another episode of the Monday Review Preview Edition of the podcast. I don't remember who came up with that name, but I like it. The Review Preview Edition of the podcast. Hopefully the 21-3 and 3 Lakers have you in an extremely festive mood this holiday season as there are plenty of gifts to wrap your head around with this super fun team to watch play and find different ways to keep on winning. The Lakers had another perfect 4-0 week with victories over playoff-bound Denver and Utah. This week, have a pretty light week of three games as we get closer and closer to that highly anticipated Christmas Day matchup with the now number two Clippers. And as usual, this week we'll dive into some numbers and see how the rest of the league is doing. This podcast, like all our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com or on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. So after a loss last Sunday to the Dallas Mavericks ended one uh, 10 game winning streak, uh, the Lakers have now begun another winning streak with a perfect 4 in a week this week. They started out with really highly anticipated matchups with teams that were over 500 and playoff bound in Denver and Utah, which was going to be good to see because the Lakers had unfortunately been saddled with the descriptor of having an easy start to the season. Having played a an extremely high number of teams that are below 500 and against teams that were over 500, gone a paltry three and three. But on Tuesday in Denver, high altitude, number of players battling the flu, they won a grinded out game uh, by nine points against Denver. Um, LeBron James led the way in that game, which was really great to see because, as mentioned earlier, a number of teammates were battling the flu in addition to the high-altitude scenarios of that Denver provides. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James had a fun a fun game, fun stat line. Both went for 25 points. Both shot 9 for 18. Uh, and So really similar stat lines. Both played 36 minutes, although Anthony Davis did have... 10 rebounds to LeBron James's six, and LeBron had nine assists to Anthony Davis's one. Uh, but beyond that, uh, Rajon Rondo has been playing extremely well. He had a really great week this week. What started out as maybe a fluke in players leaving him open, uh, he has really risen to the challenge of being a good shooter and understanding that teams are going to leave him open. And so far this season, Rajon Rondo is shooting from three at a clip of 52.8%. In addition to, uh, he's providing eight and a half points per game, almost six assists and a steal in roughly 21 minutes of play. The really interesting thing is him and LeBron James are melding really well, and there are times where when the two of them are on the court, it's just it's an IQ mismatch for whoever they're playing, whether it's LeBron running the offense and Rondo playing off-ball or Rondo running the offense with LeBron playing off-ball. Either way is a scenario that works, Rondo runs a pick and roll pick and roll really well with his bigs because of the familiarity with Anthony Davis We've talked about that. He's also been running the pick and roll really well with Dwight Howard who's just been playing extremely well and The fact that Rondo comes off the bench and Dwight comes off the bench I think it only bolsters the strength of their backup units and Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to see and so in this Denver game uh, Rondo did go for two for two from three with eleven points, six assists. So it was good to see the Lakers win a game where they had to grind out a win in a defensive effort like that because yeah, playoffs aren't gonna aren't gonna be as open for opportunities of really high offense like they've seen after this game. After this Denver game, the Lakers have had offensive outputs of 121, 136, and then 142 points. Uh, the 121-point game was against Utah, another playoff-bound team, and they also gave up only 96 points in that game. Anthony Davis led the way there with 26-12. and 12. And Anthony Davis is on some kind of streak right now. So starting with this game in Utah, he went for 26. Didn't provide a whole lot else statistically other than three blocks, but in this game, LeBron had 20-12, and 12, 12 assists. Contavious Caldwell Pope, his improvement over the last few weeks has been immeasurable. It's to the point now when Avery Bradley does come back from injury, it's really hard to know. And it's a great problem to have, but it's really hard to know what Frank Vogel should go with if he should stick with KCP and have Avery Bradley come off the bench or kind of bolster the offensive unit of the starters and sort of and have Avery Bradley. Back at start, back uh, to the starting lineup. <clears throat> Kuzma has had an up and down week. He he had thirteen points in this game, and it's really important for him to get off to a fast start, and that's where he's going to excel the best. But overall, it does feel like he's struggling to find, uh, you know, his his legit role in this one. Beyond this Utah game, the Lakers went back to their easy schedule of playing sub five hundred teams. Portland, who's been under underperforming a little bit, they lost. They won that game one hundred and thirty six to one thirteen. ESPN matchup: LeBron versus Carmelo. It was an interesting matchup too because Carmelo would would uh, match up with Dwight Howard a lot and those are the two guys who are sort of going through reclamation projects this season. Carmelo's Carmelo Anthony's contract has been upgraded to a guaranteed contract. And that hasn't quite happened for Dwight. Uh, But what's interesting is Dwight's effort hasn't lingered at all. You don't hear any reports of him, you know, wanting a guaranteed contract, wanting a bigger role. All you ever see on Dwight's face so far this season is a smile. And, Uh, In that Portland game, Dwight Howard also hit a three-point shot, which some people were surprised by. And, yeah, I genuinely was surprised, but I've been to a couple of Laker games this season, and one thing I've noticed is that Dwight Howard does shoot a lot of baseline threes in warmups, and he makes them in a really, really consistent clip. Uh, I posted a a video of it on our Hoopball Lakers Twitter page, yeah, it is it's weird that he shoots that and jokingly I did say like can you imagine if this becomes a real weapon for the Lakers if Le- if Dwight Howard can just kind of kind of back back himself out of the lane to a baseline three-point shot and LeBron hits him with that It'd be like a more muscular version of Chris Bosh if <laughs> if that's something Dwight Howard could do. I don't anticipate it happening, but it is, you know, it's something that could happen and it'd be really interesting to see. Uh, And then the Lakers closed out the week with a home win last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That game, I think the Lakers had 77 points in the first half. LeBron was in foul trouble. And the Lakers closed out the half with an 11-0 run without LeBron. And so I know the Minnesota Timberwolves are a sub-500 team, but that scenario, much like a lot of other scenarios this week, grinded out game against Denver, blow out a good team like Utah. You play a really efficient, dominating game against Portland, who, even though they're sub-500, is still a good team. And then against Minnesota, a lot of learning opportunities in Minnesota. They they had big leads at one point, squandered it. They had that 11-0 run to end the first half. Late in, late, in the, late in the game, they were up by 19 and very quickly gave up that 19-point lead to have the game within 5 or 7. And I really liked what Anthony Davis said at the end. Oh, by the way, Anthony Davis uh, went for 50 points in this game. Um, but one of the things I liked that he said after the, you know, after the game and in the interview on the court is he talked about how they take lessons away from every game and you don't need a loss to learn a lesson. And, like, if that's the mantra of this team, if that's the mindset of this team, like, there have been many scenarios in which this team could have had what a lot of teams have is, like, scheduled losses. Miami is notorious for allowing scheduled losses. They had a loss last week where it was the second night of a back-to-back, and... Yeah, it was, it was an easy gamble to make on that game for Miami to lose that game second night of a back-to-back. It's almost like, almost like they didn't even try. And you just don't see that from this team. The The only time the Lakers are 21-3, and with the exception of that very first game to open the season, the two losses that the Lakers have had have been really the only two times in which they don't really kind of match the energy of the other team and... You know, who knows where that really stems from. And the Lakers, like I said earlier, have been battling the flu. And I think by now that should mostly be subsided. But, like, you know, even in New Orleans, they were down 15 late. And to echo Anthony Davis's sentiment, you don't need a loss to learn a lesson. And so, yeah, if they're going to fight and stay in every game, this is going to be a really great team to watch. And I, I even tweeted this last night, I can't believe – that LeBron is playing on a team that might be more fun to watch than his Miami Heat, uh, what was nicknamed the Heatles, with, uh, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. This seems like a more fun team, and the staple of those Miami teams was defense, just like it is this team. But overall, I think you just have the prestige and the allure of the Lakers on top of you know what is LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and yeah, this is an extremely fun team to watch. It's it's really hard to say because as dominant as they've been as dominant as you know teams like Milwaukee and Boston have been in the east you you, you won't know much until in some people's eyes the season starts on Christmas on Christmas but that's looking way ahead. Uh this week the Lakers have a semi light week. They're on the road for a lot of games. Uh they play Five games in a row on the road, but this week they only have three games. So they are in Orlando on Wednesday, so no games until Wednesday. And then on Friday, have a really highly anticipated matchup with the Miami Heat in Miami. Uh, That's always a fun, fun time when LeBron goes back to Miami. And it should be a really good game. And on Sunday in Atlanta, they play the Hawks. So Orlando, you figure Orlando and Atlanta, you pencil in wins there. Miami, without it being the second night of, of a back to back, no reason why the Lakers wouldn't win that game, but they obviously can't win them all. You want to see a three zero week, but I think two and one is 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 a more realistic realistic expectation for this week. But either way, plenty of opportunity to to learn lessons, as Anthony Davis said. Plenty of opportunity for Kyle Kuzma to really figure out a role on this team. And I don't even necessarily think it's that he wants to start. I think he's just really struggling to find his way. As great a player as he is, he does have limitations. He he gets very gung-ho when he has the ball. He wants to do too much, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but his skill set leads to when he gets the ball, if he's not catching and shooting, his aim is to drive. And once he drives and gets up in the air, he has a lot of trouble deciding what to do with the ball. If he's not going to put up a shot and has to pass in midair, it's going to be a disaster almost every time. He really needs, and this is something LeBron could maybe help him with. He, or, or Rondo, he really needs help, um, Figuring out what to do when he gets in trouble when he's handling the ball. Moving on to the injury situation. The win last night against Minnesota was a dominant one, and they scored a lot of points. They did do it without Rajon Rondo, who's experiencing a little bit of a hamstring strain right now. It's hard to say how serious it is. He missed one game. It doesn't appear to be anything super serious. It's going to miss a lot of time. But hamstrings are one of those things that you definitely want to take care of because they can linger and they can lead. They can very easily lead to other more serious injuries. So you definitely want to take your time with that. Avery Bradley appears to be really taking his time with rehab. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it's the Lakers have been rolling without him. And so, yeah, take the time to get that leg really right. A broken leg is no big deal, and so you definitely want to take care of that as well. You haven't heard as much this week about AD's shoulder as you as you did the last few weeks, and he's been playing really well, like I said. Back you know, three games in a row of, of uh, 36, 26, 39, and then 50, he's just playing better and better, and he is an ungodly talent. And, yeah, he's just been playing really well. You haven't seen his shoulder be much of an issue. You haven't seen him reach for it or grab it. Now he's taken some hits. He's he's taken some hits. He's been placed in some awkward awkward spots where, you know, puts his arm up and kind of leaves his shoulder there. You know, they're, they're hanging, and he hasn't really responded to it in a way that makes you concerned about the severity of the injury of his shoulder. So it seems to be stable right now, which is a great thing. So this week, the numbers I want to dive into are the numbers of one Contavious Caldwell Pope. He has been a bit of an enigma this season. He started out the season extremely rocky. Uh, zero points in that first game, one point in the second. And since then, have just been kind of a very up-and-down start for the first 11 games of the season. To the point now where he was taking a severe beating on Twitter and the announcers even kind of take shots at him. It was not a good time for him. While he was still providing really great defense, it just wasn't there for him offensively, and it was to the point where there was going to be a concern. He even fell out of the rotation a little bit on a couple of nights around games 9 and 10, played 4 minutes and then 8 minutes, but then he exploded back up for 18 minutes in game 11 against Golden State. But one thing I noticed um, about him, now he's, you know, a lot of people put put stock into, you know, agents and, and who who's represented, who represents different players and things like that. And so a lot of people know that Contavious Caldwell Pope is a clutch client of Rich Paul's, and so therefore he's very close to LeBron. And I can't remember which game it was... And it wasn't in the camera's focus. I just sort of saw it on the side. But the game ended in a Laker win. And you saw LeBron take KCP aside and kind of whisper in his ear. And you could tell that what he was doing is really encouraging him and telling him that he still believed in KCP. And, you know, it that conversation must have bore fruit. So, for the first 11 games of the season, KCP was averaging about 19 minutes a game, scoring 5.3 points a game, shooting 22% from three-point land, which is mostly where his his value comes. He's he's one of these spot-up shooters who has LeBron and AD drive. He's, you know, KCP's not, not meant to shoot a lot of layups and things like that. So... Yeah, he's going to be there for three-point shooting, and when he's shooting 22%, that's definitely not where you want to be. But since Game 12, which started with Sacramento, and started really right around uh, Avery Bradley's injury, he has gone six games in a row over double figures, and he went from averaging those first 11 games five points a game to the next eight games averaging 11 points a game shooting 51% from three-point land and doubling his three-point attempt outputs so he went from shooting from attempting two two threes a game hitting less than a quarter of them to now he's shooting over four threes a game and he's or shooting about four threes a game, and he's hitting right right at just above 51%. He's also getting more rebounds, about three rebounds. Almost two assists and about .8, so almost a steal a game. He's playing really great on-ball defense. And yeah, his minutes have increased from about 18 to about 28 minutes. So he's playing about 10 minutes more per game. With the Avery Bradley injury and yeah, his confidence is soaring. You almost expect a three-point shot from him to go in now because he's usually open. He's usually in a position to where he uh, he's usually in a position to where he uh, is catching and shooting, and so yeah, it's uh, it's really easy for him to to excel in a situation like that. And I think I think guys like him that are that are close to LeBron really respond to his encouragement and things like that. And so yeah, he's been playing extremely well. Focusing on his three point shooting, ninety two percent of his three point shots are assisted on, meaning he doesn't really create his own three three point shot. And I think most surprisingly perhaps Per 100 possessions, he actually has a positive offensive rating of 111. To put that into perspective, that 111, LeBron's at a 118. And his defensive rating isn't as low as LeBron's. LeBron's is actually a 104 defensive rating. Uh, But Contavious Call of Pope is 108. And so, yeah, in limited minutes, he is absolutely making the most of his opportunities overall shooting 45% from the field that 22% three point shot number has climbed up with the last eight games. So he's now shooting at about 38%, which is what you want a good quality NBA shooter is going to shoot 40 to 45%. And so he's almost at that clip. But then, like I said, the last eight games, he's been over 50%. So yeah, his, uh, his, his net, Per 100 rating, he's uh, he's in in a plus 3, of which a lot of these guys are are in the positive number, which is great. And per 36, he's also averaging about 12 points a game. And remember, he plays about 28 minutes a game, so his per 36 is going to be pretty close to his actual number. 12 points a game at this point, 1 steal, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Yeah, 38% from 3. So Contavious Caldwell-Pope, has vastly improved at the start of his season. I think he's improved over last season and I think again I think that's an extension of a healthier LeBron, a better team around LeBron. and to be quite honest, coaching nothing against uh, you know nothing against Luke Walton, but Frank Vogel and his, and his and his defensive schemes have really proven to to bear fruit with this team and they they've bought all in. And you can tell that this is a team that really respects its coach and a team that really likes being around each other. And those things matter. So let's go ahead and close this thing out by taking a look at how the rest of the league is doing. So we mentioned that the Lakers are still number one at 21 and 3. so with that 20 with that extra victory they now have the number one overall seed for the entire league. The Clippers have finally gotten to where people expected them to be, and the West now appears to be a battle between the two Staples Center teams. Uh, at 17-7, and seven, the Clippers have secured the number two spot, surging way above expectations at this point, have to be the number three Dallas Mavericks at 16-7. and Luka has been playing out. Of his mind and that hasn't stopped and whether or not it's gonna stop the Mavericks the way they're overperforming they are definitely gonna be buyers of the trading deadline and so the West by no means is gonna be a complete picture at any of this point and like I said for in a lot of people's mind the season doesn't really really start until Christmas and, yeah, the doubt, I think the Mavericks are going to be heavy buyers at the trading deadline. And so they are going to be a team to watch the rest of the season. Houston at 15-7 and seven is, at this point now, they're probably about where you expected them to be. They probably didn't expect to be hovering around four. But you've got to figure nobody really expected the Lakers to only be at three losses either. And so... That's extra extra losses to dull around the rest of the West. And, yeah. Uh, Denver, 14-7. and seven. So, at the time, I believe they were the number two or three seed last week. And they've dropped down to five. Utah, is six. And so, you might still get a lot of people, a lot of Lakers haters, saying that, yeah, Denver and Utah are playoff bound. But they're on the lower end of that playoff spectrum. But they're still really good. Teams, Denver specifically, Denver especially, and so yeah, I think that's just haters being haters. And so to round out the West and the playoffs, that seven and eight spot looks like it's going to be a dogfight between six teams. So you've got Oklahoma City at ten and twelve, as well as Phoenix and Minnesota. At 9-13, 9-14, 9-15, respectively, you have the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers and the Spurs have almost always been playoff teams, at least as long as I've been alive. And so you've got to figure at some point they're going to make a move to surge back up. Phoenix, I think, has to surge back down at some point. I think Oklahoma City and Minnesota are about where they need to be. And so I think eventually you'll you'll find that Phoenix and Sacramento will bow out of this race and it'll end up being between OKC, San Antonio and Portland for the last those three teams for the last two playoff spots in the West. Out east the Milwaukee Bucks have been surging and they've been surging quietly because with all the noise coming out of LA and the West and Luca and Houston, and I think even out East, the noise that you hear from Philly and Toronto and Miami, Milwaukee has been able to really just quietly, even despite having the four, the, the reigning MVP uh, come off to a 20 and three start. So they're, Way ahead of the number two seeded Boston Celtics at sixteen and five. Miami, like I said, overperforming a little bit at seventeen and six, but that's probably gonna be more or less where they end up. I think philly Philly is underperforming. and so if philly Philly is gonna get better, you gotta figure Miami will drop a little bit, but currently Philly is number four at seventeen and seven. Toronto at five is fifteen and seven. But they they are a legit really good team, and they're not one that I think people should sleep on. And Indianapolis at fifteen and eight, and we keep talking about eventually Victor Oladipo is going to come back. I haven't I haven't read or really heard of, he'll be back this season. But they're clearly an extremely well coached team to be able to play this well without any real superstars. Like Malcolm Brogdon is about their biggest superstar. And Brooklyn at 13 and 10, they potentially have an interesting problem on their hand because they play better without Kyrie. And Kyrie's been out with a shoulder injury for a little while. So it's hard to say. I mean, you don't trade a piece like Kyrie, but you've got to figure out how to make him the most effective. And then rounding out the East, you've got Orlando at 8 and Detroit at 9. Detroit has usually been heavy buyers around the trading deadline to stay relevant. I mean, you've got Blake Griffin, you've got Andre Drummond. Why you're 9 and 16, I really don't know. Or why you're 9 and 14, I really don't know. But that's that's, that's a project that might might be blown up at some point Cleveland could be an interesting team to, to watch around the around the trading deadline they are unhappy with their coach which is a move that I saw coming I didn't really see I don't think the move for any NBA team should ever really be to hire a really old college coach it just seems like a recipe for disaster it doesn't seem like that is the type of player that will gain any respect from NBA veterans and why cleveland did that i i don't know <laughs> and uh, but look for kevin love to be on the move out of cleveland so that's pretty much going to wrap up this edition of the of the monday review preview edition of the hoop all lakers podcast i really hope that everyone's having a happy holidays i know it's not the easiest time for everyone but hopefully you were around people that Love you, and hopefully you're around people that love watching basketball because there's a ton of great basketball to watch on TV. Not just the Lakers. Get you some, get you some Luca, get you some Carl Anthony Towns, get you some Giannis. Uh, tons of great basketball to watch out there this season. So, until next time, we're out.